0: Hi, and welcome to the Take the Cake podcast. I'm your host, Kate Noel. I love Honest Health and Wellness, and I'm so happy you're here. Thank you for tuning in, and enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome or welcome back to the Take the Cake podcast. My name is Kate Noel, I'm the host of the show. I'm really sorry if you can hear my dog, Millie, eating. <laughs> Millie doesn't have an eating disorder, okay? She eats whatever she wants, so she's going to eat right now, right, when I'm recording this. And I don't want to stop her um, because she does really live for food. Um, She loves it a lot. So (laughs) anyways, welcome or welcome back to the show. Uh, Today's episode is going to be kind of a quicker one. Um, I like to mix it up, you know, on this podcast here. And I'm going to go over 10, maybe I'll add an, an additional 11th just to, you know, because I did have 11, uh, eating disorder or kind of quirky things that I believe are disordered uh, behaviors or disordered things that I did that I think you might be able to relate to if you also have a disordered relationship with food and body or a challenging relationship with food and body. I'm not trying to call anyone out necessarily, but I get a lot of feedback from people, um, whenever I express something about my own recovery that might not be very typical or it might be something that I feel really alone in, um, a lot of times I get people saying they really feel seen and heard. And so that's the intention of this episode. It's not necessarily to make you feel like you're a bad person or if you relate to these that you have issues. Like I just this is just like things that were normalized in my life in my disordered eating that I think in hindsight, now I look back and I, that they definitely aren't normal. Um, and they aren't good. They weren't good for me. So hopefully you find this inspiring and maybe interesting, or if you don't relate to any of these, then incredible, amazing. Um, So let's get started. So, the first thing that I feel is not normal that became normalized for me was being so, 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 so cold. When I say being cold, I mean my bones felt cold. I've said this before on the podcast, but I was cold for hours. My lips would turn blue, my nails would turn blue. I, my skin would be like I'd goosebumps all the time. And let's, and it wasn't, it wasn't even that cold outside. Like, you know, it was, it would be like maybe 60 degrees Fahrenheit, like a cloudy Los Angeles fall day, winter day. And, you know, I'd be shooting or modeling or doing something like that. And I would just be shivering. And it would take me hours. And hours to warm up. Sometimes I would take a hot shower for literally an hour just to warm up after I would, you know, be outside or be cold for whatever reason. And I still wouldn't be warm. It felt like just my whole body was so dysregulated as far as my temperature goes. And when I say like, but like, obviously that was very extreme, but kind of bringing it into another light I think a lot of people brag about being cold. Does this, is this make sense? And here's what I mean. I'm I'm talking people with maybe food and body challenges more so. It's kind of this like, oh, I'm cold all the time. Like it almost is masked as this like feminine trait that like People, you know, women especially, have cold hands, and they're always cold, and like, oh, I always need a little heater to heat, to warm me up. I don't know, maybe this is more of like a modeling thing that I've noticed, like, in the industry, but does anyone relate to this? Okay, these noises that you're hearing is my dog, I'm sorry. (laughs) She came up to me after her meal, and she's like, licking her chops, and making all her noises. Um, Okay, so that's, that's my take, that's my hot take on being cold. The next one is kind of another bragging one that I feel like I used to do and I hear people do. It's not necessarily bragging, but I don't know what other word to use, but it's not getting my period or not ovulating. I don't know. I think it's this, for so long, I was so, so scared of getting my period, even though I paradoxically wanted my period back. I would often also have this thought of like, well, when I have my period, that's going to mean I'm like, quote, more, oh my God, Millie, do you hear that little dog burp? <laughs> You're something else. So I would be kind of like simultaneously want my period. And then also think like, well, once I get my period, I'm going to be more average. or Like I'm going to be like myself. I'm not going to have this edge to me that makes me Like, it's just a, it's just an, it's it's like an, it's like a validation of you're doing good on your recovery. You're doing good on your um, journey of healing your body. Uh, And so, I don't know. I just, there's just this weird thing I've noticed in the community, community, coupon community, (laughs) community of people not wanting to get their period because it, I don't know. There's, there's just something about it. So that's not normal. Not getting your period unless there is something else that is happening to you where you would medically not get a period. If there's nothing besides the fact that you are overstressed or underweight or not eating enough or too exercising too much, it's not normal. I don't think it should be normalized. And I think a lot of women or people who menstruate normalize not getting their period for whatever reason. The next um, quirk... <laughs> is i would often bake and cook for people other people but i wouldn't have any of the things myself so i'd make cookies or i so i'd make cookies or i'd make a big meal for my family or for my friends or for my boyfriends or someone in my life and i just would stare at them or i'd have a little teeny bit here and there and i felt like I'd, i'd have the cookie that was like super small like i'd make myself a little extra but the dough, like there wasn't enough dough to make a whole cookie left over. So I'd like make a little small one for myself, or I'd have the one that like was kind of like ugly that like, you know, I don't know. I just, this just isn't normal. Okay. You know, often when we, if we're restricting while we're baking or cooking for other people, that's like a pretty common thing actually. And I want to call it out. Okay. The next one is wanting to others to eat around you. Um, so wanting validation essentially. Oftentimes, oh, all the time, I would say our eating disorders never validate us internally, long-term at least. So because we don't get internal validation from our eating disorders, how could we, when we're like hungry and distracted and stressed, we don't get validation from our eating disorders. So we look to external sources to validate us. And so um, oftentimes I would look to others and see how much they were eating or if people were getting dessert, I would kind of see what other people, I'd always be the last one to order because I'd see what other people were getting. If no one else finished their meal, I wouldn't finish mine, that sort of thing. Or I would eat less than the people around me and use other people's eating around me as a barometer for how much I was allowed to eat because I wanted to always eat less than everyone else. How we doing? Any of these relating to you? Maybe not. The next one is, in quote, I just don't like sauce. I just don't like sauce. (laughs) I'm laughing because it's kind of funny. Um, Or using too much sauce, especially low-calorie sauces, like hot sauce, um, sriracha. I would say stuff like that. I just don't like sauce. Or I just don't like cheese or I don't like condiments or I don't like dressing on my salad, like just extra things that I knew added more calories, I would convince myself or try and convince other people that I didn't like sauce. You know what sauce I really convinced myself I didn't like? Mayonnaise, that's like more of a condiment. You know what other sauce I didn't convince myself or I convinced myself I didn't like? Like hot or hot fudge, like dessert sauces. <laughs> like. You know, um, that sort of thing. So I like all those things, I really do. I think they're delicious and they add so much. And um, so that's something that I think is really normalized that I'm just saying, are you sure you don't like the sauces? Are you sure? Maybe you really don't, I'm not saying you have to. Um, Or, and then on the other hand, using too much sauce, like this is often something we do because our food is so boring Cause it's so restrictive and we don't have, we, we just want flavor so badly that we'll like compensate with a lot of like really intense sauces, like super hot sauces or something like that. I used to, like my friends, when I moved to California, they literally got me like a sriracha shirt cause I used so much sriracha. Now I use no sriracha. I cannot handle anything spicy. It's like even like medium heat stuff. I'm like, Oh, I can't do it. I don't touch sriracha now. I'm not saying sriracha is bad. I'm not saying it's innately disordered. I'm just saying it's something that can be in my in my world. It was okay. The next one is healthifying everything. I'm all about like healthier, more nutritious, more nutrient dense swaps. I think those are awesome. Like honestly, I do that. Um, but I feel like there's there was this time of my life where I was making like putting alternatives for everything like I couldn't make a cookie like a traditional chocolate chip cookie recipe like every single ingredient had to be some sort of healthified version so like instead of butter even though I think butter is healthy now instead of butter I would use coconut oil instead of flour I would use almond flour coconut flour cassava flour instead of Regular milk chocolate chips or semi-sweet chocolate chips. I would use have to use dark chocolate chips or stevia chocolate chips, whatever. Everything had to have a thing, and that was that was an annoying phase, and it was an expensive phase. Okay, that's expensive. Um, so that was something I wanted to mention as well. Okay, next one. Let's see. Got one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, this is number seven. <laughs> going to the grocery store for, an al- for a long time. That's kind of the first half of this. Second half of this point is picking things up at the grocery store, having them in my cart and then putting them back or picking things up at the grocery store and reading the nutrition labels over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again as if they were gonna change or as if something was gonna happen to them. Melly jump, girl. You're making so much noise in this episode. My dog is, okay, she's trying to jump on the couch. She did it. She's probably going to start fluffing up the pillows now. Let's see if she does. So I just, yeah, picking things up at the grocery store, putting them back, spending a long time at the grocery store. The grocery store is this opportunity for a new week of all sorts of foods. Of course it's overwhelming when we have a disordered relationship with food. Um, And it can be a really safe space, and I think it can also be A very challenging place to be because it's just overwhelming, like I said. Honestly, if you have a Trader Joe's in your area, if you live by one, I feel like shopping at Trader Joe's is so much easier than, um, like I can imagine shopping at Trader Joe's being easier than like big grocery stores because there's typically only like one of everything. So like as far as branding goes, you can just be like, well, I know I want rice and there's not that many types of rice at Trader Joe's. There's still actually a lot of rice types of rice, but I know I want white rice. There's only like a couple white rice options at Trader Joe's, either frozen or not. So, you know, whereas at bigger grocery stores, there's lots of different brands and whatever. Anyways, side note, but grocery store, just lots of quirks of the grocery store, you know? Okay, number eight, having a special fork, a special spoon, and a special bowl. And all the special forks and spoons and bowls and plates I had were small. Okay? So this is unusual. This is not normal. And I normalized it. Like one time I received for a birthday gift from somebody who knew this about me. I don't think they knew it was disordered or they probably wouldn't have gotten this from me. But anywho, they got me like a bunch of little little bowls from Target and they're like little teeny, teeny, tiny bowls. Like, I know you love little things. So they got me these little bowls and I was like, oh my God, my eating sort loves this. I have little bowls now, even smaller bowls. And I think our my mind really wanted to have a small bowl because in a small fork, a small spoon, because it made, made me have small bites. And then it made the portion that I had in my bowl, you know, look bigger than it actually was, okay? So that's something in hindsight where I'm like, oh yeah, that was weird. Okay. The next one is taking little bites of food throughout the day instead of just having the whole serving of whatever the thing is. For example, a cookie or donuts or something like, or a pastry, like on the weekend, you know, you go get a pastry or go get a box of donuts or something. Then you have them around the house. I would like throughout my day, I would just have like little teeny tiny bites and I would never just like take the fucking thing and eat it. And I don't know, I just, looking back, that for me was disordered. Maybe it's not always disordered, but for me it was. Something I I don't like to do that now. Sometimes I'll have like half of something, um, you know, if I feel like that's the only amount of the thing I want, but it's different. The intention is different and never again will I have an eighth of an avocado. All right, <laughs> I said that like, I don't know someone's dad or something all right okay so taking little bites wait I already said that one oops next one is never getting the bread on anything or the carb on anything so I would and at the chipotle you know I would never get the rice regular burrito bowls get the salad bowl even though like what's the difference I don't even know salad bowl with less rice or I'd get the hamburger without the bun, which is okay. Sometimes I still have a hamburger without a bun. I don't really buy hamburger buns. But like if I was going out for a burger, I would like still get the thing or I would get the do the thing where you like have the sandwich and you like slowly slide the piece of bread off and like try and eat the middle instead of the whole piece of bread and then you have the piece of bread anyways because you end up wanting it and then you feel bad, you know what I mean? Maybe it's just me. Um so just not getting the base anything another thing is i used to get um, i don't i live in la and there's no jimmy john's around me anymore jimmy john's is a sandwich place and i used to get the unwitches a lot which is the sandwich without the it's like a lettuce wrap so like a lot of lettuce wrap things which is fine you can get the lettuce wrap thing if you want i'd probably do that now sometimes but it was definitely from a disordered place for me when i would do it every time Okay. So that, that's it. Um, I don't really have 11. I only have 10 actually now that I'm looking at it. So those are the 10 eating disorder quirks that in hindsight, I I just thought of these. I'm sure there's plenty more. Let me know if you want me to do part two, I can probably think of more or let me know if you think of any, um, thank you for listening to take the cake. I love you all. Honestly. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast taking the time. I would appreciate so much a rating and a review if you liked it or if you didn't like it. (laughs) Um, you know, it means a lot to me feedback. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great rest of your week and I'll see you on the next one. Bye.